Welcome to the High Performing Human Podcast, where we talk about how you can reach your potential as an athlete through nutrition, fitness, recovery, and everything in between. I'm your host, Hannah Boyle, registered dietitian nutritionist, and I hope you enjoy the show. We are here, and we're back. Back. A little bit of a hiatus. Yep, yep, but you're finally settling out west. Yes. It's been been a little bit uh, with, with, like, we drove out here, so that took, like, a week. Right. Started work on that Monday. We got here on a Saturday, started work on that Monday, and then we were here for, like, 10 days, and then went to California for a wedding, and got back on Saturday, and I'm just finally like, okay, back to routine, or at least, like, I got, I I can't even say back to routine, because I don't even have a routine yet, but at least, so... Yeah. Well, starting a routine then. There you go. There we go. There we go. So, um, how have things been for you? Any anything new? Not too much. Kind of just same old, same old. All same around here. We finally got a nice day today. It's like sixty or sixty-two or something. So, there's just... still snow on the ground. No more snow on the ground. It's just been wet. So, moving the right direction. That's one thing getting used to it here. Like I have, I mean, it's been nice. It's been like like the lowest is like forties, but um, it it does rain every day. It's Ooh. even if it's just like a sprinkle or a mist. There's always some type of precipitation. Um, so that's interesting. I mean, I've gotten used to it so far. It's not like it's ruining my day or anything, but you know, it's it's just different. Yeah, yeah. Pacific Northwest, real rainy. Yep. Yep. All right, so today's topic is that summer prep. So getting ready, because everybody, of course, everybody always has on their mind, like, okay, like, my body has to be primed and ready to go for, like, summer beach season, you know, no matter where you are in the country, I feel like that's always, like, I mean, some some parts of the country have beach season, you know, more part, times of the year than others, but... Um, right. It's always like looking at that confidence aspect um, of how you feel, putting yourself out there, um, you know, in a swimsuit or whatever else. And, and so talking about getting started with that um, and, and also we can kind of explain why we're talking about it in April versus mm. you know, maybe talking about it in late May or June. So anything right. else? You cut out there. What was that last part? Anything else to add to that? Uh, no, I mean, like, that's really it. Just, like, the ways we would cut and what kind of circumstances and what you should kind of consider. Because the other thing is, like, what is reasonable? Like, what – like, you set a goal. Your goal is your goal. And if you want to get down to 5% body fat, if that's within reach, you could do that. I think that'd be a bad idea for no other reason than just to go look good on the beach. But if that's your goal, that's your goal. So, like, maybe we could start off by saying, like, just good body fat ranges in general. Like, depends where you're starting from. If you're starting at 30% body fat, don't think you're going to get down to 10%. Um, And if you do, it's going to be hell the whole time you're trying to get there. And uh, you're going to pay some price. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, but, I mean, in general, like, guys look pretty good on the beach at, like, 10 to 15%. Kind of like, I think we talked about this before, like how lean can you get and like still like make progress if you get under that 10%, that's when that 
muscle building and athletic performance probably takes a little bit of a hit, but 10 to 15 for, for guys is usually really mm-hmm. good spot to be. Girls just a little north, like 15, 20. Yeah. So. And, and that also kind of plays into um, the amount of like necessary body fat for just daily function is different for males and females. So for example, for uh, at body composition ranges like really don't want them to go between like if the, if you're below like or if you're in the range of 10 to 13 percent that is like essential body fat you can't lose anymore like that's the limit men can go three to five percent and be in that essential range um so that also makes a difference of you know when when people don't have like that concept of body fat and that you actually need some body fat um and you know they tell me that they want to be like three percent body fat or two percent body fat i'm like hold hold up hold up you know do you know what that actually means and how that actually is going to affect you so um you know women honestly most women look pretty good or even around like 25 20 i would say probably 20 percent body fat is i mean within a good range um it you, I think that people have a misconception that, um, you know, a number higher than 10 is going, is, is when they start looking huge, you know? Um, yeah, we'll have a good understanding of, for one, body fat ranges and what that kind of means. And then for two, a lot of my girls are like, oh man, I'm all the way up here. And I'm like, that's actually pretty good for a girl. Like, yeah, you don't want to get down super low. Like, and then who do you aspire to be like? All the fit fluencers, all the <coughs> magazines, any F, um, aesthetic athletes, so bodybuilders, bikini competitors, all that stuff. And like, they don't even look like that all the time. Like they'll be respectively lean and all that stuff. But like when you see them up on stage or on the cover of something, they probably peaked for something. That's probably as lean as they wanted to get at that or could get even at that time period. That's not just walking around on a Tuesday. Right. And they prepared for that mm-hmm. and they had to, I mean, so again, like you mentioned that peak, they're like that for one, maybe two days tops. And then like it starts, they, it's not sustainable. So, and that's unfortunate when it comes to what we see, because that's the image that's given to us and everybody wants to look like that, but really like, unless you pick like one beach day that you want to look like that, like it's, yeah. it's not going to happen. Um, and I will say the, that um, if you do make that happen, you run the risk. And by me saying run the risk, it's almost guaranteed that your metabolism is going to be very much altered in a negative direction by mm-hmm. that. And so not only do you have to worry about the process of getting there, but then you also have to worry about the processes of coming out of that. You're yeah. going to be ravenously hungry for a week if you try to do that. And if you, after that, you know, little bit of being that lean, just allow yourself to go off the deep end and eat whatever you want, you're going to have some pretty severe um, weight gain, but also like just thinking about what you've done to your metabolism, it's, it, you're, it's not going to be up to speed. Your your body's really not going to know what to do with it. Right. I always kind of make the comparison um, of like budgeting. 
Like if you're, if you are at a job where you're getting like $2,000, like a pay period or something like that, and you have bills that equal that $2,000 or something, and then something happens and now you're making 1800 in a pay period, you might be fine for a, a week or a month or something like that. But after a while, you're going to realize like, okay, I can't live like this. I got to lower my stuff and your body's going to do the same thing. And if you keep doing that enough, you start at that 2000, then you get to that 15. And then if you just really keep going, you'll just kind of dwindle it down. And that's when people get in trouble. Cause that's when they're the hungriest, they're the leanest, they're the crankiest, whatever they reach their goal or they just gave up like you're saying. And uh, now you're going back to that 2000. But with that metabolism, that's going to be at that, who knows, 1,200, 1,500. And just eating at what you thought was maintenance before, you're now gaining all of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So that being said, um, I think when we look at some of that, like some of that can be a long-term process. But also, I feel like when – one of the reasons why we wanted to talk about this a little bit more like springtime is because of the – kind of what we want to look at as far as the time frame. So Jimmy, for you, when you're looking at people um, that want to maybe work towards a weight loss goal, um, and obviously everybody's going to have different goals in terms of like how much they want to lose. But let's say for one season, you have somebody coming to you and they want to improve their body composition by the time of Memorial Day weekend say so let's say we're giving them about two months um you know do you feel like that's enough would you like more time what do you feel like you can accomplish in that two months um so <clears throat> nice really good starting point so it just kind of depends on like where they're starting from like if you are an average gym goer where you probably have some good foundational stuff or at least something we could work with it's going to be different than like i'll get like somebody I've never been to a gym. I've never eaten healthy. I don't even know what a macro is. I don't know what a good calorie bed. I don't even know what I'm eating a day. And then that person's going to be like, all right, let's just make some better habits and stuff. You're going to just probably lose weight by proxy, but you're, this isn't going to be that in depth of something. Um, but I mean, like if you're like, you know, 15% body fat, like, and you want to get close to that 10%, like you could make a little bit of a run towards it. I don't know if you'll hit quite 10 in only eight weeks. Um, in general, like the upper limit of something that's sustainable, like can be about 10% of uh, or like 1% of your body weight. So if you're like 200 pounds, you could lose like two pounds a week. But like, as you get lower, it's going to come down with it a little bit. So that's like the upper end. Everybody wants to be like, I want to lose five pounds a week. And if I just do that for 10 weeks, I'm 50 pounds down. I'm a whole new person. Um, unless you're starting off at like five, 600 pounds, like probably not the best idea. I mean, like, possible for sure, for some, and then, like, but, again, the higher, the harder you go, the harder it is to maintain, and the higher the consequences when you're done. So, we would just put them in something, figure out whatever their maintenance is, go a little bit below that. Like, most people can sustain a pound a week. Some people, if you're, again, up in the 200s, you could probably go to closer to two. Um, and then after, you know, that eight weeks is up, then we'd probably take a little maintenance phase and just kind of like a reverse diet or just hang out at that new weight, slowly build up. I like to just say like 100 calories every week is just like a baseline of just adding in once you get past that. Um, and just until we slowly do that, if you just watch the scale when you're done 
and you just add just a little bit of food. It's not that much 100 calories, but if you add 100 calories or so every week um, and you watch the scale and you're not really gaining any weight, um, you're just going to slowly build that up and now you're eating like 2,000, 3,000 calories a day. And then if you're still not happy, we could start that process over. But now we're losing weight eating 2,800 calories instead of eating 1,200 calories. That's where it's at. Real yeah. in the ass and it takes long when it's like, okay, what you want to do, we could cut for three months, then we got to take two to three months to rebuild it back and then do it again. Like, why don't we just do it all at once? And it's like, well, how many times did you do that and just gain it all back? And it didn't work. Yeah. And that's part of the issue that I want to bring up is like, we're talking about like this summer prep and a weight cutting phase. But if you have been in a calorie deficit for longer than three months already, or you, if you don't know, and you just track your food tomorrow and realize like, Oh shit, I'm only eating 1200 calories. And I've been doing this for probably the last three years. You are under eating. And unfortunately, before you can even start a weight loss phase, you're going to have to do that whole reverse dieting process. Um, and while you were talking, I just did a little bit of math kind of to speak on, like, even how you mentioned, like, losing, you know, going from 15% um, body fat to 10% um, body fat. Um, so you had like, so we're starting with like a 200 pound person. If that 200 pound person is 15% body fat, 30 pounds of their body mass is fat. Now, the math isn't perfect. Because of course, as you decrease your weight, um, your, your body, the percentage of body fat is going to change, but mm -hmm. it's easy to do with just like 5%. But let's, let's just pretend that like that it's, you know, hypothetically speaking. So if you wanted to go down to a 10% body fat, that's losing about 10 pounds. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that is losing 10 pounds of strictly body fat. Right. That's not per like, that's not how it happens. You're going to lose a little bit of, you might lose a little bit of normally, if you're still doing resistance training, you should keep most of your muscle mass. However, if you're getting to a very low body fat percentage, there mm -hmm. is a greater chance of losing muscle mass. And then also, you have to look at, you know, okay, is water weight changing, you know, there's, there's a lot of moving pieces, but say, you know, like in a bubble in a perfect world, you were to lose 10 pounds of strictly body fat at the maximum of two pounds a week, that's still going to take you five weeks. Right. That's, that's in a perfect world. I would say as a some already fairly lean, fairly experienced and starting at 200 pounds. Right. So personally, and it is, I would probably say we're going to, I mean, need more like eight to 10 weeks yeah. for that process because of some of the changes that are going to occur that don't have anything to do with body fat, as well as the likelihood of somebody that is very well trained losing two pounds a week. That's pretty significant. Um, I mean, we can speak on like lesser trained individuals, but Right. That's just kind of putting it into perspective. Like, it's not an easy thing to do. And I think part of the issue people have is that they don't see the results they want to see right away. And maybe in a month, they only lose four pounds. Um, and so they decide to give up because they think it's not working. Mm -hmm. However, that's actually normal and the healthy way to do it. Yeah, it sucks. But it's gonna take time. Yeah. Because like you were saying, 
the leaner you get, the higher chance of you are going to be burning off some type of muscle. Mm -hmm. Going from 20 to 15% body fat, not that big of a task. Going from 15 to 10, quite a bit harder. And then if you're up on stage and you're going from 10 to single digit and stuff, that five, like that 5% is not going to take the same. Like it might take you a couple months to go from a few months to go from 10% down to like 6% or something like that. If your goal is to maintain any reasonable amount of muscle, like it takes a long time to build the muscle. You don't want to really burn it off. Yeah. So, and then like, that's just, if that is your overall goal too, like if it's like, okay, like I want to still be competitive in whatever sport I'm doing. Um, and especially if that sport really favors a bigger mass, like a more of a, like a lifting sport or something like that, you probably want to go slower than that if you still want to be competitive. Cause like maybe everyone has their own goals, but if I still want to try to make some type of progress in a lifting type sport, you probably don't want to take like three months of just doing a hardcore cut for summer. And then like, now you got to, you just sacrifice some progress, which teach their own. But like, if that's one of your main goals, you want to go even slower than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, like, looking at what you would have to do to lose, you know, a pound or two a week, <clears throat> that's cutting like, you know, uh, you know, 500 plus calories out of diet in a given day. So not only are you going to be affecting performance by the weight that you're losing in general, but mm -hmm. also because you're fueling yourself less. Yep. So that's taken into consideration as well, depending on, you know, like you mentioned, what your all overall goal is. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a good part too. Like, so do you have something you like to do for uh, somebody trying to get it? Now, if we're talking about 500 calorie deficit, so you could either eat 500 calories less or burn 500 calories more. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think somewhere in the middle is probably the best way to go. 500 calories is a decent amount of food to just not eat, but also just being like, okay, I want you to move like a couple extra hours is kind of a lot as well in terms yeah. of recovery. Yeah. Um, if they are the type of person where, I mean, sometimes we have to make it a food decision um, simply because we are, you know, working individuals, they're already spending, you know, they've, they've got time to make it to the gym <clears throat> three to four days a week and they fit it in on, you know, an hour that they have after work, an hour that they have before work, and then they've got responsibilities, whether it be, you know, meetings, kids, you know, make dinner, like whatever. Um, so a lot of times what I find is that we can ramp up the intensity of the exercise. So maybe do a little bit different, like change up the workout itself. So that way we don't have to spend necessarily more time doing it. Um, or, and, or, you know, focusing on the food aspect of things, which the food can be difficult, but then again, at the same time, uh, I kind of have like a, a template that I use that makes it feel um, it gives you volume of food versus calories. So that allows you to feel like you're still eating a lot of food. Um, I've even had people tell me it's too much food and I'm like, ah, jokes on you. You're really cutting like, you know, 750 calories out of your day. Right. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, honestly, it really depends on the person situation. Um, and I mean, you can kind of talk more on like more like the intensity duration, um, and, and time aspect of the types of movements that people are doing. Yeah, fair enough. That's, that's something huge too, because like whenever we start trying to lose weight and stuff like that, 
it's like, okay, I have to sacrifice all these foods. I can't eat this. I got to blah, blah, blah. And then like, oh, I'm hungry all the time. And it's like, well, you could eat an almost, wouldn't be the greatest thing in the world, but you could almost eat an endless amount of like green vegetables. Like, and like everybody like hates potatoes. Like, oh, I, I can't have potatoes. I'm on a diet. And it's like, I challenge you. I, I will give you my paycheck if you overeat calories on just plain potatoes. Mm-hmm. Like you will get so full. You'll probably throw up way before you even get close to anything. When you mm-hmm. was when you start loading those things up with stuff. So yeah, but yeah volume of food is huge. Um, and then yeah, this also kind of would depend on how lean you are, how much muscle you're carrying around. Like if you're lean at like six foot and you weigh like 140 pounds, like a bean pole kind of thing, like it's going to be different than if you were, you know, five, five walking around 200 pounds, that same leanness. Like if you're probably the leaner you get, the more muscle you're carrying and stuff, you're going to want to have a little bit more of like very low intensity type stuff. Otherwise it's going to really affect the lifting you're doing or the sport you're playing or anything like that. So extra walks throughout the day is going to be huge. It's just easily overlooked. Um, but walking takes some time. So if you don't do it frequently throughout the day and you've got to like bind up that time, like you were saying, like everyone has a life. So yeah, the give and take everything. So, um, what I was to like, I work in, um, right now, like a weight loss management clinic. And, um, one thing that a lot of the other dietitians like will mention for people that are just trying to start to get moving, which I feel like this can apply to anyone. Like, <laughs> breaking up your seated time yeah so they mention like every half hour and that's because most people that we're working with don't necessarily like it's it's feasible for them to get up every half hour just to even like go like to a lap around the house or something Mm -hmm. every hour or if you can like give yourself like i mean most people um if you work an eight hour day normal like the norm is like getting your lunch break and then two paid 10 to 15 minute breaks, like, or, or at least being able to like get up and walk around depending on what your um, work situation looks like. Um, you know, take those two 15 minutes, 10 minutes and walk. Like it's amazing. Like what that can do for your body and for your brain and your productivity It's going to make a world of difference. Um, you should be ideally, um, getting if, if getting up to get another water bottle or fill your water bottle throughout the day um just even like steps like that and making sure like um not to i i understand and i'm totally um uh i i do this myself is we just get too ingrained in our work we forget to drink water we forget to get up like if we aren't drinking water we don't have to get up to go to the bathroom as often so then we're just sitting even more um i think it's really important even if you have to stay in one confined area um if you have like a couple seconds you know do a couple like you know every hour i was having somebody do five to ten air squats um you know it's i think that small amount of movement is overrated however what we call NEAT is non-exercise activity and thermogenesis. It, that is the majority of the calories that you burn throughout the course of the day. It's not your workout itself. Your workout itself is a very, very small portion. Your non-exercise activity throughout the course of the day, that's really what makes the difference. 100%. And uh, I have an Apple Watch. I love it. It's great. I love everybody's post that like, look at, I burned 1200 calories in my workout today. 
It's like, I promise you didn't. <laughs> Those things are bullshit. Yeah, yeah. This, any, so even even thinking about um, the, like, when you um, track calories, like, on a treadmill, like, how many calories are burned, it's just a unit of measurement. It's not how many calories you're actually burning, I promise. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you'll get a little closer if you put in all of your specific stuff. But, I mean, different. It's it's, yeah. Personal. That's what I just kind of tell everybody. And, like, don't try to eat those calories back. Like, okay, <laughs> earn 100. I get to eat 100 more. It's like, well, if you hook that up and you didn't actually burn that, now you're overeating. Yeah. No, That's a lot of time, like, when I do um, food intake calculations for people, I pretty much include their activity, like, with their calculation. I'm like, all right, don't pay attention to what my fitness pal gives you. Because my fitness pal, like, something like that will say, okay, your baseline calories are 1,300. If you do activity, you get to eat 500 more. Or if how if you you know, are using a Fitbit and it's going to plug in your burn calories, then it's going to come up with a number for you. Like I tell people to turn off like those calculators in whatever app they're using and I give them numbers to utilize because I want them to, and, and it, they don't have to hit this every day, but it's an average over the course of the week because some days that they are not as active, it might be lower. Some days that they're more active, it might be higher. Mm -hmm. um, however, I plan in their physical activity for each week according to that so that way it's more just kind of looking at like the week as a whole what you're doing activity wise over the course of the week versus let me go earn my calories by walking on the treadmill for an hour yeah no nope, 100 percent uh i do that pretty much the same type of stuff as that was one of my pet peeves like oh the fitbit says like i burned x amount so i'm adding that back and i'm like don't don't do that um but yeah the average person probably works a desk job or is a student or driver or something. So a lot of sitting. Uh, so I do the same stuff. I'm like, I tell them the exact same stuff. Like if you have to set a timer on your phone, did you, did you forget to eat today? Like set a timer for that. Did you forget to drink water every hour? Do something like that. Um, if you have to go to the bathroom, just, you know, walk and take a little bit longer path back every hour. Just even if you can't leave your desk, if you're that busy, you can't even walk away for a minute. Just stand up. Stand up for 10 minutes. There was one um, study, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was like, if you stand up for 10 minutes out of every hour, only while you're working, so Monday through Friday, eight hours each, at the end of the year, that's some crazy calorie burn of like running two marathons. Mm -hmm. Only by standing. And yeah. it's day-to-day, like, -day, not a lot to write home about, but it obviously adds up. And if we walk, yeah. it's better. You're probably going to, your back's probably going to feel better. <laughs> It's going to be a little bit better. Like you said, the brain fog kind of gets away if you just get away from that project too. So that's, that's huge. Just come, just elevated daily movement. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I like to have people, like if you have a tracker, figure out what your average is. Again, I hate it sometimes because I'm driving and I'm like, oh, this is a good song. Turn it up. And it's like, zzz, zzz, step goal met. And I'm like, as I'm driving, or, I'm like, but it is cool to just kind of measure averages like, I know I always hit 6,000 steps. So if I'm getting seven or 8,000, I'm probably moving more. So we can do it that way, or I'll just give them a time goal. I want you to somehow throughout the day do an extra 20 minutes or 30 minutes or 40 minutes walking. So just try to split it up throughout the day the best you can, an extra incentive, because if you can't, you got to get it done before you go to bed. So if you could do 10 minutes after each meal, you're done. You don't have to do anything else. Yeah. Um, 
that goes a long way, especially if you're already working out or you're having trouble even working out, just doing that extra stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that is a really good, um, like conversation piece of just like, I mean, not only like for like this summer prep topic that we're talking about, but even just in general, like, I think we all need to move a little bit more, whether we're prepping for something or not, it's, it's good for us. hundred percent. hundred percent. All right. So kind of just to touch on um, the food aspect a little bit, I mentioned I kind of had like a, a, a template that I use quite a bit. Um, it's very simple. Um, most of my clients, most of the people that have ever worked with me in any form know this template. And I probably talked about it with you guys before. It's the volume aspect does come from your non-starchy vegetables. So starchy vegetables are easier to categorize because there's only a handful. Mm -hmm. So starchy vegetables are your potatoes, peas, corn, winter squash. Um, so those types of things would go in the starch category, still can include them. But when we look at like this non-starchy vegetable portion of your plate, it ends up equating to either half of a nine inch dinner plate or about two cups at each meal, including breakfast. If you really, I mean, some people choose not to do breakfast, but for the most part, I mean, I add it in as a mid-morning snack or it, that, it just helps with the hunger factor there. And there's a ton of way to add in veggies to breakfast. Um, and then a quarter of your plate being protein, a lot of time that's about four ounces of protein. And then a quarter of your plate being um, starches, carbohydrates. So that ends up usually being about a cup. Um, if And then as far as like how many of those you eat, like meals you eat in a day, if you are 160 pounds or less, you eat three. If you're over 160 pounds, you eat four. And you don't necessarily have to have four meals in a day. You would just split up that fourth meal. You know, a, you, know you could double one you know, meal, or you could split it up evenly across the three meals, whatever. Uh, but that's just a good, like, it gets you, it makes sure you're having enough protein. It makes sure you're not skimping out on carbs. It is lower carbohydrate, but that's just one way that we reduce. Mm -hmm. um, and it has your vegetables and the vegetables are what make it seem like you're eating so much. Right. I mean, depending on what type of, like, fat source you add. Because, I mean, you, you'll still probably add, like, if you have a salad, you might still have, you know, um, you know, a dressing on it. Just obviously in moderate amounts and, like, avocado, stuff like this. Like, I mean, those types of things, a moderate amount of fat, depending on what type of fat sources you're adding. Those meals are anywhere from 450 to 500 calories. So even if you have those three meals and they're 500 calories a piece, um, and you don't have any snacks, that's 1500 calories in a day, which is a pretty decent, I mean, for most people, that's, I mean, a decent amount. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, if you're over 160 pounds, that looks more, a little bit more like 2000 calories a day, which for mm. someone that that's, that is that size, they need probably closer to that for a deficit anyways. Um, but then you have all of that volume. Like I mentioned, you're eating so much food that you really don't even notice that you're eating that much less overall calories. Mm -hmm. No, that's fantastic. I, I love that because I always have uh, issues with that because it's like, okay, like if trying to branch the gap between like, okay, counting your macros and tracking everything. And then like, I've never done anything when I don't know how to do that. And it's like, okay, well, these are better sources and just trying to do that. Like visually being able to look at something like that, 
is extraordinarily helpful for a lot. And like, okay, if you are an athlete or training really hard or doing something like you might need a little bit more in depth, but you're already training that much harder. You might have to just put the extra work into the nutrition, but most people just starting out, like that's fantastic. Yeah. absolutely. And the best part is, is that on Amazon, they even have like meal prep containers that are like 32 ounce containers that are broken up into two cups, one cup, one cup. So Mm -hmm. like, but like, I mean, they're plastic containers or there's glass containers, but like I did this for a nutrition challenge like a couple years ago and I still have the glass containers. Like it was so easy to be like, here, here's three or four containers or whatever. Put your meals in these. Right. I mean, and like you said, like an athlete or something like that, like that's a totally different story. But if we're talking about just like basic general population that's exercising regularly, I mean, that's a really good option. If for somebody that is a little bit more active, Sometimes I'll switch out the carbohydrate and the veggie tray to get a little more, a little bit more carbohydrates in just because they need it. Um, But I mean, honestly, it's a really, that's your baseline. That's your baseline template. Mm -hmm. And from there, you just start making tweaks based on what you individually need. But when it comes to just like a simple weight loss, like that's key. Right. No. Yeah. That's, I, I love it. That's fantastic. Uh, I have a lot of issues with, certain clients just trying to have them like visually see stuff like that, make these types of changes. So like they'll go from like, I'm just constantly hungry. And it's like, all right, well, like, yeah, because you're eating all like these really high calorie things and you're only getting about that much. Like try to add some of this in there, try to do some of that. And like, you could just lay that out and see it in front of you. Like takes a ton of the guesswork out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Trying to find something you don't hate doing, you can actually stick to, and all this stuff is going to be the easiest thing to do. Because I hate what you're doing. I have so many people like, oh, I don't care if I hate it the whole time. I just need somebody to tell me what to do, and I'll do it. And I'm like, cool. You probably, you could. Some people can. But you hate your life for three months. And then at the end of that, if you didn't learn anything, because it's not going to be like, well, I got to get back to eating. I hate olives. If somebody was like, here's a meal plan, and everything has olives in it, and that's the secret. Like, I got to get back to doing that. I probably will just really, really drag my feet about getting back into a plan I hate like that. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no reason. Like, and that's my biggest thing. There's no reason to like hate what you're doing when there's so many different options. Like people tell me like they tried like X, Y, and Z. um, And it was, it was so difficult and absolutely the worst thing that, you know, they've ever done but it worked and now they're gonna like they're gonna try it again because they did it and they gained all the weight back plus some like I'm like but why like right mentioned like you probably didn't learn anything either you just followed this thing that like was like just put me through hell and let me see results Mm -hmm. and I think when I are pretty much on the same page when we want our clients to like learn and be able to do stuff eventually on their own and actually like make lifestyle changes versus like getting quick fixes. Yeah. I tell everybody like when you're done working with me, I want you to not ever need me again, but I want you to want to work with me just because I make it a little bit better, but I don't want you to ever need to work with me because you don't know how to do it on your own. Right. Yeah. And that's what I tell people like right off the bat, like I'm trying to put myself out of a job. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I mean, and, and I think like, those are the best practitioners. They're not looking for someone to keep on a hook. 
they're looking for someone that they can help and then making sure that they do it in a timely manner so that way they can help the next person especially like with the way that uh, i mean like the time that we dedicate to our clients it's not like we can have like a hundred people you know all the time like i mean you know we we cap out at a certain point and and um i think that's an important piece to realize too is that you know and again this goes back to like looking at like your practitioner and who you're working with and we've talked about that a couple times yeah yep 100 percent. so um when it comes to um i think we covered um like the reason why we're talking about this now obviously is that it really like i would even say at this point like if you haven't started already prepping for like say even Memorial Day weekend, you're kind of late to the game. So now would be a good time to start thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and also depending on how much you have to gain, lose, whatever. Um, I think one thing that we didn't talk about that I know we've ha- talked about before, but probably goes to uh, mention on this podcast or live or whatever, um, is that if you are starting new, to exercise, nutrition, anything, you will probably see a significant decrease in weight loss right off the bat. Um, so that's kind of the exception to like the the rule of like the, that you mentioned, like a trained individual, mm-hmm. like 1% a week. Um, somebody that's not trained, that's just getting back into it can see a lot greater changes mm-hmm. in the first maybe like little bit and that that little bit might be a couple weeks might be a couple months depending on how much they have to lose mm-hmm. uh, but things will start to taper off and i think that's where if you are just getting started where i would be cautious um because we can get a little bit overzealous like we see 10 pounds weight loss in two weeks and then three weeks later, we're down to like maybe two pounds. And I'm over here still super excited that you're still losing two pounds a week. And you're like, what the hell happened? I lose yeah. pounds two weeks ago. So yeah, no, I've had so many conversations like that. It's like, oh, man, this month, I only lost eight pounds. Like, I'm like, you lost eight pounds in four weeks. Yeah, I know. But like, so and so did this much or last, last month, I lost more than that. And I'm like, two months is a lot. Or I mean, like two pounds a week is a lot. Like that's that's good. And you feel good. Your energy is good. Yeah. I'm feeling stronger. I'm feeling more energetic. This, that, like you are winning, winning. And just because you pass grocery stores really pissed me off walking through there and all the magazines, like the new diet, I lost 112 pounds in six months. And it's like how you could do it too. Like, Oh, 30 pounds. Like, like, yeah. hundred yeah, percent. And it's like, yeah, you see all that all the time and all these, the best weight loss stories are the ones that get told all the time. Like, this is my star client. He did X, Y, and Z and look at how good he did and like, blah, blah, blah. Like those are the outliers. Yeah. They're the cool stories that show a lot of work and all that stuff. That's not the average person. No. Like if you could do. That drives me bonkers. Yeah. So yeah. But yeah, if you are starting off like extraordinarily new to exercise, very, very high body fat percentage and stuff like that. The higher the work more out of shape and the farther away from a good position you are. Like if you are like 400 pounds and never been in a gym, start slow, just hang up and taking some extra walks, changing a couple meals because like you are so far in one direction, minimal amount of stuff is going to have a big swing for you. And if you're like, all right, I'm going to 
work out five days a week. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Like maybe you will, but the odds are you probably won't like start with something small and it's going to give you some decent changes and then use that to keep building. Yeah. Don't set yourself up for frustration. And <laughs> you know, like it, it, I, I would say don't set yourself up for failure. I don't think it like necessarily leads to failure, but it's, it's not saying that you're going to fail at those things. I think it's just that overall you might end up failing because you can't keep it up or you get discouraged because all of the changes that you're trying to make just aren't feasible to do all at one time, which is totally normal. Yeah. hundred percent. Even like my elite athletes, they're doing like one or two things a week that we're changing. Um, and part of that is because for, for that population, we're looking at, well, we got to make sure that what we're doing is working. So we can't, you know, try to change five things at once. And, and that's the same thing for average population. Why would you, Try to do lower carbohydrates, increase your activity by, you know, two hours a day, you know, eliminate all sweets and eliminate all alcohol all at the same time. And I'm yeah, it's going to work great, but you don't really like know what, you know, what's, you don't necessarily have to do all that. Like you could try just exercising to start off with and like, oh, an hour a day is starting to get me the results that I want you start to, you know, eat more balanced, but you still have, you know, sweets every once in a while, but you still see results. Oh, I don't have to give up, you know, all desserts. I just have to eat them in moderation. Like it's stuff like that. Like it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And again, that's another like very common topic that we talk about. Yep. Yeah. What is the saying? Don't let the good be the enemy of perfect or don't let the enemy be, don't let perfect be the enemy of the good. Yeah. That's yeah. Any results. But don't focus on like, I got to be 100% or otherwise it's worthless. Because if you're 70%, that's pretty decent. You're going to be moving. Yeah. And, and if you can stick to 70%, 100% of the time, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, not a robot. I've, at some point, you're going to crack. Or you're just going to be like, man, like, I kind of miss going out on every once in a while, have a couple drinks with my friends. Like, oh, like, my family went out for ice cream and I didn't go again. And like, yeah. oh, X, Y, and Z. And it's like. At some point, you're probably going to give in or just miss out on a lot of stuff you want to do. Like, unless you're really trying to get your the highest peak possible, then you have to do stuff you don't want to do. But Absolutely. if you're getting better shape, like you can get in really good shape and still have a couple beers here and there, and still have a couple sweets, and don't have to work out every single day and all this stuff, and you're going to be fine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I think that you know we we get excited though, and I completely understand oh, that. Yeah get excited we want to go gung-ho and um you know i've actually even had like clients that really don't like my approach they don't like that i you know tell them to only do a couple things and they feel like it's not enough and i'm just like hey like i'm and that's one of the things like, i'm not going to change my approach because i know it works um right. you know and and so you just kind of have to like realize that that's what it is and and go from there mm -hmm. yeah and i mean like how many times have you had where somebody's like not in a real good position and you're like, okay, well let's baby step our way. And they're like, no, I got to go all out. And then they go all out and then they fall off the wagon and they come back a little bit later. Like, Hey, I need to do this again. It's like, we just listen. Like came to me for a reason. Like yeah. let's start here. And once we get momentum, if we want to pick it up, we can pick up the speed. That's fine. Yeah, absolutely.
All right. So we kind of touched on activity, increasing daily activity, um, and simply looking like increased, like just like you're walking, standing, um, increasing exercise if you can, changing the intensity duration um, as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as far as nutrition goes, kind of just looking at not starving yourself, more volume, um, and portioning things out a little bit better giving yourself enough time to achieve the things that you want to achieve. Mm -hmm. Uh, So knowing that there's kind of like a beginning, middle and end of how the whole process works and, and that, you know, you have to be at a decent calorie baseline before you start going into a deficit, whether that deficit is through exercise or nutrition. Um, And then, you know, making sure that you build yourself back up afterwards. Yep. hundred percent. I want to touch a little bit more on, Exercise, if mm-hmm. you're an ultimate beginner, basically start doing something. Even if it's not the best thing in the world, you're going to get something out of it, and then we could, like, taper to better goals as we go. Um, I'm a, obviously a big fan of strength training. The more muscle you have, the more food you could eat and stay lean. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's going to probably translate to strength. And, like, unless you're way over muscular, like, which very, 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 very few people are, like, it's probably only going to enhance your life. If you're getting so big and strong to the point of where it's taking away from other things, like you probably already know what you're doing and you could make those decisions later. Yeah. Um, so a few days a week, if it's three times is fine, four times is good, five times is also good, depending on where you're at, make sure you're hitting everything a couple times. Um, anywhere between, you know, if it's something like a deadlift or something, maybe five reps to 10 would be a top range. Like if it's a lot of other things, just the hypertrophy zone, like three sets, eight to 12 for the average person is probably a fine place to start. Um, Make sure you're working through your whole body. If it's three days a week, maybe you could do something for each body part, like three rounds through and that's good. If you're going four days, maybe it's like upper body, lower body or whatever. Just pick something, make sure everything gets hit once or twice a week. Um, Effort's important. So like if you have to go like, out of one through 10, make sure it's like a seven to nine area. Start maybe at the seven and slowly build yourself up every workout. Don't take huge dramatic swings. Don't like, all right, I benched 100 pounds today. I'm going to go 150 tomorrow. You're going to either, if you do that, you're going to just burn out or higher chance of injury, just slow progression over time. But that's like as basic as you could be. Just pick something challenging, make sure everything gets touched at least a couple times of the week and slowly build that over the weeks and like that takes a lot of the guesswork out yeah and mm-hmm. even like mentioned like before um touching on not hating what you're doing that goes for exercise too. pick something that you like to do there's so many like options as far as like you hate a certain machine don't use it go do a different exercise that works that same muscle group like there's many, many, many different ways to work similar muscle groups and doing it in a way that you find somewhat enjoyable mm-hmm. to be key to your continued success and and you sticking with it. 100%. You hate squats with a burning passion, but they're one of the best exercises ever. All right. You're probably not going to be a good power lifter, but you can still get in good shape. Let's go to leg press. Let's do a lunges. Let's go gobble squat. Let's go a hack squat. Like, you can't neglect areas, but you could absolutely pick something you don't hate. Mm-hmm. Not built the same, you know? If I do a hack squat, a lot of times I feel the hack squat right in my knees, where I could back squat or front squat fine. 
just switch those around. Find something you don't hate and just keep doing that. Yep, absolutely. I think a lot of this is built on, like, finding something sustainable. And, like, this is, like, it's a common theme. Finding something sustainable, mm -hmm. making of the right information, not being an asshole about, like, going gung-ho about something, being smart about the way that you approach something. Yeah, yep. I just tell everybody, you are your average. So, like, if you the average you, like, a month ago was sitting at your desk all day, coming home and eating a ton of junk food, and then just sitting in front of the couch so you go to bed, and now the average you today, like, takes a couple walks. Maybe you worked out today or yesterday. You had some good quality meals and stuff. Like, that's going to be a different person. You're going to start building that up. So the best day of your life or the worst day of your life does not define how anything's going. Absolutely. It's all, like, what you can do consistently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else that you feel like we need to touch on based on this? Um, I mean, we've touched on a, most good things. Like, as always, like, don't sacrifice sleep because yeah. that'll have its own whole host of questions. Yeah. But a lot of people do. A lot of people are like, all right, well, I'm going to get up and I'm going to work out today. I'm going to get up and do like an hour of fasted cardio at like 5 a.m. and then get ready for work and then go to work. And then I'm going to do my lifting later and then I'm going to do this. And it's like, okay, you don't have to do faster cardio for one, but that's not the worst thing in the world. Um, but if you give up an hour of sleep or two hours of sleep in order to get some more work done, you're probably going to be sacrificing something. That time probably would almost be better spent sleeping for most people. Yeah, you may be doing more harm than good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like we touched on just daily movement. We touched on nutrition. We touched on workouts. We touched on sleeping. Um, I mean, if you're kind of hitting those things you're probably going to be moving in the right direction. And then from there, if you have questions, you might have to find like somebody to help point you in the right direction because now you're getting specific, but yeah, I think but, those are, and that's, that's the thing is like, these are general recommendations and we can only do so much with, you know, in, you know, an hour of our time every couple of weeks, you know, talking about certain topics. Um, but I feel like that's good direction for anybody that's wondering where to get started or for anybody that might not have like one of those main things in kind of their, their mindset or um, in their program. Mm -hmm. um, did you get any questions this week? Nope. I didn't either. I think uh, if anybody had any questions, I think we probably answered them. <laughs> I think we did. Yeah. And, and, you know, if people do have questions, um, they're more than welcome to, you know, message either one of us and we can always um, answer those on a separate live. I will definitely still answer those one on one. But yeah. Oh, um, OK. So Easter's coming up this next yes. weekend. Um, I had a so there's always a birthday party. There's always a work function. There's always a holiday. There's always something in between now and the end of your goal. How do you tell your clients to manage those? So I've actually had a, quite a few people mention lately that they have like a little bit of like anxiety mm -hmm. around like, those situations <clears throat> or they're kind of worried about like, okay, how do like, I've been making so much progress. Like, how do I address that? And you know, here's the thing, a it's one day. It's mm -hmm event um i think we talked a lot about like the how even holidays you know 
last year, last fall, like, mm -hmm. unless you're going on like a week long rampage, like normally there's not an issue with it. Um, there's always better choices to make at like potlucks or buffets or whatever else you might be at. However, if there is great Aunt Nancy's cheesy potatoes that you want to have that you don't ever get to eat or maybe you only get a couple times a year, freaking have them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but also at the same time, like, you know, if you can, like, oh, maybe think about having some vegetables. Or um, sometimes I like to point out that, like, a lot of the times when, like, we're, like, having, like, snacks, like the – you know, cheese and cracker appetizer, even the veggie appetizers, like with the dip and stuff like that. We're kind of more of like mindlessly eating, um, yeah. actually being hungry. So kind of check in with yourself if you notice yourself doing that. Um, otherwise, I would say portion sizes. I mean, normally about the size of your fist is about one cup. I would say try to portion a lot of things out to about that size. Um, and then, you know, pick up on veggies where you can, but ultimately don't feel like you have to um, restrict yourself so much, especially if it's only one day. 100%. No, I was just telling that client, I was like, well, we have a couple different options. For one, you've been changing a lot of stuff. You've been doing really good. So if it is just one day, one meal, because I've seen some people actually do some damage in one day if they treat the whole day as a cheat, but like, again... In the grand scheme, probably not that big of a deal. Um, but I'm like, she was like, all right, well, I, I get like, I usually get a honey-baked ham and we'll have like pasta salad and this and this and this and this. Um, I'm like, all right, well, maybe just smaller breakfast and eat whatever you want there. And just remember you have goals, like maybe prioritize like the, the protein and the veggies first. And then if you're still hungry, have some of the other stuff. You feel like you overate, maybe a small dinner. And like, you probably wouldn't be that bad off, but if you're really, and then just don't take any leftovers home. If you don't take the leftovers, you're not going to accidentally use those high calorie foods again or something like that. And you'll be, you'll be fine. Um, if you're really stressed about it, you could, she was really talking about like revamping their whole thing. And I'm like, well, I mean, everybody's going to be there. So like, not everybody's going to want to be like eating all these like bland or not as fun traditional foods. So keep that in the back of your mind. But like, yeah, like yeah. Yeah. the thing is, like you don't want to fuck with tradition, like especially yeah. those things. It's it's not necessary. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. you're a person where it's like every weekend is realistically something you're doing, and it's like maybe even several times a week. Like I gotta go out with a client over a big account or something like that and then we have this work thing and it's if this is realistically always something like all right well that's not even a fun thing anymore that's just your life and you got to make different decisions but like if it's that one holiday or one birthday stay on your game 90 percent of the time do just relatively fine that one day and you're not going to be don't get depressed about it even if the scale is going to say you gain weight for a day or two maybe three and then you're right back to normal. Like, it is not fat, I promise you. Yeah, I was just going to say, I promise that if the scale says you gain, like, three to five pounds, it's not fat. That's not how that works. <laughs> oh, like, that would be a lot of food. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right. I think that's all I have um, on oh, this topic. Um, so, yeah. We will reconvene in a couple weeks, probably around the same time. 
we'll we'll plan on that and then um if you guys have topics or things that you'd like to hear about let us know but as always normally the day before we'll post uh a story for questions there you go there we go all right awesome well thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your week yep you too you thank too you. everything's going well for you out west <laughs> thank you yep. bye bye Go ahead and give me a follow on social media. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at HPH Nutrition. And I look forward to talking to you guys again soon.